Well, good morning, all seasons. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me, go with me to Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning at verse 17. I'm going to read verse 17 through verse 38. It's a long read, but it's probably one of the most uh, difficult passages of Scripture that I ever come across. It is, it is the one part of Scripture that, that challenges me moment after moment, day after day, because each day God's mercies and grace is new. Well, each day also problems are new and issues are new. And there's something else coming around the corner. And so there has to be, as we're going to be studying over this next month, we're going to be studying what it is to have a stewardship lifestyle. What it is to have a stewardship lifestyle, to, to, to be able to understand this lifestyle that people live. And when you say stewardship, immediately people think of money or they think of, hey, giving and offerings. And, and, and that is a small part of it. But it's, it's really a lifestyle that God has called us to. And that in that lifestyle, that's just a fragment of the piece. Just like this morning, if you gave your tithes, okay, you gave 10%. That means God gave you 90% to go buy bubble gum with or whatever it is you like to do. Or me, potted meat, viney sausages, and all the stuff I like. And, and, and Now, if you want to spend 200 of that on cable bill this month and watch I Love Lucy all month, you can do that. God's not stopping you. But it all begins with understanding, am I a steward in my whole lifestyle of what God has given me? from my, my, my life to my health. And this is the key thing that has to take place in our life. Before I read these scriptures, let me, let me just show you four applications of what I want to, you to get from these scriptures. Number one, that this behavior that he's going to talk about here is your lifestyle. This is, this is, this is why I said it's the hardest scriptures that I have to deal with because He's asking me, Tim, make this your lifestyle. Make this the way that you live. Make this how you, you do things. And you're saying, well, Pastor Lott, you struggle with it? Oh, I struggle with it every day. It takes all of God and nothing of Tim Lott to get this one done. Because if there's any Tim Lott in me in this process, I'm going to fight it. I'm not going to like it. So number one, understand that this behavior is to be our lifestyle. Jesus is teaching this as a lifestyle. Number two, that this behavior sets us apart then from the world. Uh, the problem with the church today is, is that if I hang out with people, I can't tell you if they're church people or they're worldly people. I can't tell you if they live for God or not live for God. They're at the same parties. They're part of the same country clubs. They're, they got the same buddies. They're doing the same things. They watch the same kind of movies. They act the same way. So when he mentions this, he says, listen, this is how the lifestyle of a steward separates you from the world. Oh, we're going to talk about clothes and we're going to talk. No, don't even going to mention clothes. Hairstyles. No, you can keep your hair. I don't, I don't care what you do with your hair. Well, then, then what is he talking about? Well, we'll see. The third thing is understand this, is that this behavior is modeled by our Heavenly Father every single day in our life. See, 
what he's asking us to do is what we ask him to do every day. It's not something that's, that's, that's strange. It's just like if, if he asked you to forgive others. Well, what's the preface for that? Well, Lord, in your prayer, Father, forgive me of thy trespasses as I forgive those who have he says, listen to me, I'm doing this every day. Every time you look up and say, Lord, forgive me, I, I just messed that one up. He's saying, okay, now you need to forgive so-and-so because they messed it up too. Oh, but now they meant to do it. No, no. You, you, you can't do that. It's a lifestyle. And the lifestyle has to understand that the Heavenly Father does this, does this every single day. And number four, this behavior will always reap many benefits. So when you look at someone's life and you're like, boy, Pastor Lot's been lucky. No, I've been blessed. I've just been blessed. But this lifestyle always produces results, great results. So let's read and let's just kind of walk through it as we use this as our starter for understanding this stewardship lifestyle. And he came down with them and stood at a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. So Jesus was doing miracles involved in their life. A lot of what we see this morning. Doing miracles, things taking place. Man, it's, I mean, it's just awesome, Pastor. This is a, so what you would think is, is that, is that Jesus would then say, man, I'm telling y'all what, we need to, we need to have another one of these services. We need to, we need to really start pressing in. We need to, we need to start shouting and hollering and, and we need to really get to worshiping and, and all of that's wonderful as part of the process of healing and everything. But when Jesus begins to talk, he talks lifestyle. He changes the subject, said, all this is good and all this is great. You're getting a taste of what God says you have every day of your life. You're getting a taste of what it is. Is is it, is it, if I'm sick, what can I do? I can be prayed for. What if I don't feel better? I just start moving like a whale man. I just start going to church and I just get up and I go in. Why? Because he says, signs and wonders then follow those who believe. My healing may have to catch up with me. It, it has in times past. I've had issues and, and, and somebody will say, well, you just need to take it easy for a few days. No, no, no. I just, I just need to get up and get going. And as I get going, somebody will look at it. Well, you look like you feel a lot better. I do feel a lot better. Why? Because God was just a few steps in front of me. I just needed to catch up with him. He, he said, Tim, I'm still moving. Why are you staying at the house laying down? I'm like, well, God, I don't feel it. He's like, you're going to be fine. Get up, son. Come on. We got stuff to do. There's people I want you to meet today. And, and you can't meet them laying in that bed. Get up, son. And so as I'm going, all of a sudden it has to fall off. Why? Because the signs and wonders then follow those who are believing. So Jesus, understanding this, listen to what he says, as well as those who were tormented. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for the power went out from him to heal them all. Then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. 
Blessed are you who are reaping or weeping right now. For you shall one day, what? See, he's trying to teach this lifestyle. He's saying, you that are poor, what are you supposed to do? Well, we just sit here until somebody makes us rich. No. You that are poor, realize, move forward. Why? Because yours is the kingdom. If you're hungry, what are you, you going to do? You're going to press forward. Why? Because God's going to supply my food. Blessed are you when you're weeping. What do I do? I just, I'm just going to sit here the next five years and just reminisce these pains. No. Move forward. Dry your eyes. Why? For you shall laugh. Brother, you're, I mean, you, you mean, there's certain things that are just, just hard. Yeah, they are. And I've experienced a lot of them. I've experienced deaths, and I've experienced situations that break your heart, and I've experienced situations that death would have been better, it seems like. But you know what? Look at me today. It didn't kill me. Now, I can still be sitting at home today and still like, well, y'all don't know what happened to me. I don't know what all I've been. And I could keep crying, which is what the world does. Anybody got some friends that you could go to their house right now? You invite them to church and it's like, oh, no, no, I, I tried that one. And they're going to sit there and then reminisce about everything that went wrong and how they're third ex-wife left them two weeks ago and how everything ain't working and how the job ain't right and the boss cheats them out of everything and this ain't no good and that. Yeah. But he said, blessed are you when you're weeping because that means I'm responsible to one day make you laugh again. I'm responsible to make you laugh. That's what he says. Blessed are you when men hate you. Oh, thank goodness. When they exclude you, nobody invited me to the party. Nobody wanted me to sit at their table. Nobody wanted. He said, blessed are you. And revile you, make fun of you. And cast out your name as evil to say bad things about you and talk ugly about you. And, and I guess all you got Facebook, you understand that because y'all read about each other all the time. So-and-so says this, and so-and-so posted this, and so-and-so. I'm like, you can save yourself a whole lot of pain if you just shut that thing down. Because 99.9% .9 of them ain't got the courage to say it to your face. That cut out a whole lot of your problems. You walk, I guarantee you, the same person that posted something about you, you catch them at Walmart and go down the same aisle tomorrow, they'll smile at you and say, how are you doing? How are you doing? I love women. Women are good at this. Men are not as good at it. Men, we're, yeah, I do. we trying to be nice. We can, women can just turn it on. They're tough now. Women, it's hard. They, they can be, I mean, just laying it into you and then meet you the next day like, how are you? I've been thinking about you all week. Y'all ladies know, just, 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 yeah, you're right. You're right. I have a daughter right now. She can be buddies with one group one week and not like nobody next week and nobody like her the week after that. And I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. Y'all just need to pick somebody and just, you know, pick your rut and go. You it. You my friend. That's it. 
Blessed are you when they hate you, revile you, cast your name out as evil for the Son of Man's sake. In other words, for doing something that's making you stick out because you are living a different lifestyle. Not because you said you're a Christian. That's not what causes... We have people all the time do that. Well, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. But there's something that you can do that's going to cause other people to talk ugly about you. There's going to be something you can do that's going to cause other people not to invite you to the party. There's going to be something you can do that makes other people not want to talk to you. Well, Lord, what did, I, what did I do? Well, let's see what you can do. Rejoice in the day and, and leap with, for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner your fathers did, did to the prophets. So first off is that we find out that what we're prophesying is causing anger towards you. When you begin to speak, well, you know this is what the Lord likes. Well, you know there ain't no sense in getting all caught up in that because God's going to send Jesus back someday and we're all going to be gone. Anytime you begin to prophesy and speak truth into someone's life according to what God has already said, so if somebody comes to you and, 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 and looks at you and says, well, Brother Lot, I think we just need to get a divorce. Now, I'm not going to tell you to get a divorce or not to get a divorce. That's not the question. Because there is a legal document that you can actually sign and it will annul. Because Hollywood was talking about it last night as I was scrolling through the news just to catch the top headlines. One of the top headlines is, you know what it was? Kim Kardashian is single again. That's one of the top headlines in America. Kim Kardashian is single again. Her first night out as a single woman again. I'm thinking, that's news. To the world it is, because there is a legal document you can sign that says, you free again, girl. You free again, dude. But see, in the spiritual sense, someone comes to me and says, well, brother, a lot we're thinking about, well, that's sad. Why? Because which one of you now has such a hard heart you can't love nobody no more? Oh, no, brother, it ain't like that. Oh, well, it is like that. Because let me tell you what your problem is. It ain't divorce is your problem. That's just, that's just a piece of paper. I'll tell you what your real problem is. Your real problem is that you done got so hard-hearted and so cold and so devilish and satanic in your thinking that you can't love someone else. And it's hardened your heart. And since it's hardened your heart, now you have to break up because you can't be together no more. You can't stand being in the room with each other. Well, that's not scriptural. Oh, yeah. Because Jesus was asked the same question. And he answered it the same way I just answered it to you. Pharisees came to him and said, Moses says we can have a legal document of divorce. And Jesus said, yes, this is true. And I just told you that's true. He said, but the only reason God ever allowed that to ever take place was because of the hardness of men's heart. He looked at that Pharisee and said, if you want to be the one that does it, Doc, just know it's because you got a hard old heart because you can't love somebody but yourself. Now, does that make you want to run down to your lawyer and get that fixed? See, when Jesus deals with this, he's telling you that what makes people mad, and some of y'all just got mad at me right then. I can feel it. (laughs) 
You three lovers to the wind and can't figure out your problem. I'm just figured out your problem. And it's not a piece of paper the world can give you. It's something that only God can fix. And he said, listen to me, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. When the prophets came along and said, here's your problem. And God said it won't work. Oh, we hate you. Oh, you can go find you another, but it won't work. <laughs> oh, you can go drink that if you want to. It ain't going to work. You can go shoot that up your arm if you want to. It ain't going to work. Why do you always have to just rain on our parade? I'm not. I'm trying to tell you what will work. And he said, be glad when people revile you and talk about you and talk ugly about your name for my sake. So what else does he say? But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. In other words, when someone thinks, oh, I've got it together, really you're in the worst state you can ever be in your life. We spend our whole lives trying to reach this state in our lives to where we're rich. We've Bill Gates, in his mind, if me and my wife can make it and just, just make millions and millions and we'll build schools and we'll do this, baby, when we finally get to here, we're going to be so happy can I tell you they divorced? They could go on any vacation, could have rode on any boat, could have went to any island, could have bought an island, and couldn't stand to be in the same room. Why? But woe to you who are rich, who are deciding that I'm going to find something else to take the place of God. For you have received your consolation. In other words, as good as you feel right now, that's it. As good as you feel right now. You know, when they, they used to have that publicly, publisher's clearinghouse. When they knock on your door and they give you that big check that's about this big and this tall and you're standing there smiling and they take the photo, just know this, that's as good as you will ever feel. That's it. It's all downhill from now. Because it's the only consolation you can ever have. Let's read fast. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your you see how hard this is? This is a crazy lifestyle. Tim, why are you crying? So I can laugh. I don't make no sense. Why, why, why are you killing yourself and, and, and all, you know, to, to get the stuff done or trying to build another wing on and getting kids' church room built and do this? And do, why, why are y'all so we can one day laugh? No, 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 you, you, you get. No, no, you got to give. It's in my giving that one day God says, you'll get. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who... This is the economy of God. You got people that don't like you? Go cook them something, take it over to their house. I'll just stay away from them and they just stay away. No, no, no. Because if you don't sow, you can't... 
Don't you want to reap some good? Well, you're going to have to sow. And the sowing means I've got to do it to people who don't like me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who are cursing you. When your boss cheated you out of that whatever, just bow down and say, Lord, bless him. Just bless him, Lord. Pour your blessings on him because I know you want to. I know you're like, well, why would I want to bless somebody? Because if he's out of the will of God and God deems it that it's not a good investment, God won't give it to him. But the Bible says to the disciples, he says, when you go into a home and, they, and they, they, they're just not good, you try to bless them, you bless the home, but they don't want it. And they finally push you out. He said, what do you do? Dust your feet, and the blessing that you gave to them will come back to... It's the way God does business. It's how God operates. Bless are those who... Pray for those who spitefully use you. Man, I mean, you know somebody's taking advantage of you. You know it. Pray for them. Don't, don't sit up there and say, now God, you know what they did. I'm just, I'm, I just wish I could be there when they get theirs. No, pray for them. You liking this lifestyle so far? Me too. To him who strikes you in one side of your face, offer the... Oh, now you done, got, now you done gone too far, Pastor. I know. It gets worse. It makes you feel any good. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, anybody who, who came along and got your suit jacket, do not withhold the tunic either. Go ahead and give him the pants. Say, look, dude, you didn't get the pants when you came. And they go together, so I want to make sure you got them. You trying to be funny? No, I want you to have them both. You keep the jacket, but it ain't no good without the pants. So go ahead and take that too. Offer the other also, and from him who takes your cloak to give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away from your goods, do not ask them. Be careful what you give. I always use the illustration this way. Let's say I got a lawnmower. God's given me wisdom. So somebody says, Pastor Lot, oh, I need to get my grass mowed. I need, I need to get my grass mowed. Well, I can do the dumb thing. I can say, here, let me, here, just take my lawnmower and just bring it back when you're through. Scripturally, what have I done? You gave it away. Is he obligated to give it back to you? What do you do if he don't give it back to you? Go get another. If somebody says, I need my grass mode, it would be wise of you to say, hey, I'm going to come over and do it for you. 
That'd be the wise thing to do. Hey, I'm going to come over and do it for you. I'm helping. Remember, I'm giving to those who need help. But be careful because he's saying, listen to me, if you're going to give, don't be someone who's giving remembering what you give. You, if you give, you better know you gave it away. And the only person you're expecting to give it back to you in any regard is God. That's the lifestyle. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them how you would want someone to act and treat you. That's how you treat them. Even if they don't reciprocate it, even if they don't do it in the way you would, even if they don't say thank you, you have no leverage. You can hold nothing over them. You give it away. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Oh, so now the reason I'm doing this is because what I'm trying to build is I'm building a bank account. That's what I'm building. There, there is God loving me, there's God caring about me, but there's also this side where I'm building a bank account. And God says, what's in your bank account, Tim? Nothing. Well, it's going to be awful hard to write a check from that. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, then what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. In other words, you're excluding God from any of the transactions. And if you lend to those from whom you, you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive something back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be, your bank account will be full. And you will be the sons of the Most High. Oh, then I will be the sons. In other words, he's not saying that you're not saved. He's not, he's, what he's saying is, then you'll be the sons. Then your name is on the bank account. Remember I told you that if somebody comes to me and says they need something and I have to think very seriously, do I give it to them or do I go mow their grass? Let me tell you what God does. You're sick. God says, should I, should I really bless them and help them and, and, or should I just, just get them well again? Well, what did he do for all the people we read about before he started talking? He just made them well again, right? That's all he did. He healed many sicknesses, diseases. They touched him. They were healed because virtue come out of him. That's taking care of someone, but he's not, he's not giving them anything. It's only when he starts talking does he look at them all and his disciples and say, now, since you know that I am a God that can give and a God that can bless and a God that can heal, would you like to do business with me? And to do business with me, you're going to have to understand how to build your bank account. 
And you build the spiritual bank account by loving those who don't love you, by giving to those who don't give, by not hardening your heart but keeping the heart that I want you to have and loving on those and sharing with those. And and if they take one thing, make sure they got the pair of pants that match it. I'm talking about just extreme. The world doesn't do this, and this is how they would know that you're different. They don't know you're different because you joined all seasons. That's our philosophy. That's why we've created a theology. Join the church. Go to church. Give some money into the offering. And you'll be part of the family. That ain't what he said. He said, love your enemies, do good, lend to hope and give another reward. Great. And you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and the... He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and then you will be, wow. What's your bank account look like? Do you feel forgiven? Well, I can tell you this, you'll only feel forgiven to the level that you forgive others. Do you feel condemned by things you've done in your past or things that you've said or, or actions that's, that's brought hurt in your life or whatever? Do you feel condemned by, by things you've said? Well, if you'll stop condemning people, you know what that happened to that feeling? It'll go away. Bro, Lord, I live with such guilt. Well, let everybody go. And then what will happen is God then in your spirit will let you go. See, we, we, we try to bring this, what do I need to do, Brother Lot, for, for this feeling? Will you pray for me that this guilt will go away? No, prayer ain't going to fix you. You need to go forgive all them people that's ever done you wrong. Tell me somebody's done you wrong. Well, now, I've had some folks do me wrong. Send them a Walmart gift card for $25 and tell them you love them, all of them. What? Well, that don't make sense. No, not in this world. It doesn't make sense in this world, but it works. Verse 38. Give, and it will be... Now, we're not talking about just money. Because this is where people mess it up. Did he mention money in any of this stuff? But what is this scripture used for 99% of the time? Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will men give it? No. He's not talking about money. Only a small part of it is money. He's talking about your lifestyle. Give, be a giver. And it shall be put in your bank account. Good measured, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will he put into your bosom or your bank account, your confidence, your assurance. Just like this morning when I'm standing up here and I'm walking back, like, oh, how does Pastor Lot do that, man? How, how do, I, I get that after service. After service, I'm going to get four or five people. Going, Boy, I wish I could do that. Just stand up here, man. You just feel God and got God just talking to you. And God. It's because he's investing into my but it's because I'm also investing into his work. 
because of who I'm loving and because of who I'm forgiving and, and, and all the things that I'm doing, God says, Tim, now I can deposit into you. But if you've got roots of bitterness, if you've got anger and unforgiveness and memories and all these thoughts and condemnation and guilt and all, I ain't got no room to put nothing in you. You got to get all of that stuff out of you, son. And you do it by living the lifestyle. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to. So if I'm 50% committed to God, then my investment will be 50% of my life. I don't want to live 50% life. I don't want to live a life that's, how's your life? That's about halfway good. And it's halfway bad. He said, but if you sow 100%, then you're going to have 100% of good. All things work to good. All things, for that person, all things work to good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? To have a stewardship lifestyle. Now, let me see if I can real quickly. I know we, we get, time is gone. How then do we develop this lifestyle, Brother Light? How do we? There's three things you got to do to develop this lifestyle. Number one, totally, according to this, totally give yourself to God. That's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. You've got to make a decision in your life. Will I totally give myself to God? If you're not, then don't come to church blaming the church for half of your life. Because whatever's the department of your life, you've decided, I'm going to take care of that department. And I'm not going to invest that in God. Maybe it's my relationships. I'm going to pick my girlfriends, and I'm going to pick my boyfriends, and I'll pick my wife. And I don't need God for that. I seen two good-looking ones at the bar just last week. And one of them bound to like me. And what do you get? You get a wine, drinking, beer, sipping, bar hopping. And then you come back to church. Pastor, would you pray that God would touch my wife? I just can't seem to get her right. I want to come to church, but she don't want to. I'm thinking, did you ever think, any time in your brain, did it ever cross your mind to not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever? It's scriptural. I thought it might pass through your mind. No, man, I'm telling you, we just hit it off in the moment we met. No. You jumped an area of your life and said, no, I'll handle this area. Now, you can pray and possibly God will save that person and God will redeem that person. And I believe in miracles like that. But you got married hoping for a miracle already when you didn't need to create a situation where a miracle was necessary. If you'd have just met somebody in your Sunday school class that you never went to, instead of the bar you kept going to, you probably would have made a better choice. Well, ain't no amens going nowhere now. No amens 
It is cold and dead in this room. Yeah. See, when we talk about offerings, and offerings always comes up, when we talk about offerings, let me explain this. It begins when I totally give myself to God, not when I gave whatever little bit of money. My life started way before I gave an offering. If your loving God and giving to God started with, well, let me decide whether I want to give, you already are on the wrong side of the equation. It started way before then of whether or not you would give your whole complete life to God. And if I did, then He owns it all. It all belongs to Him. I don't, I don't have no say in it. If He'd have told me, give me 50%, and I keep 50%, I'd have learned to live that way. But it's not about what He wants from me in that way. He said, give me 10%. Why? Because I just want to have something that connects you and me where you can't go spend 110% and then come to church with nothing in your pocket and say, well, God, I just ain't got nothing. No, I want you to put me first. I want you to sit down every week and I want you to say, how much did I make? $100. Okay, I owe God $10. That $10 comes out. I got $90 in my pocket. I'll figure out how to live on $90. But God gets this first. He said, by doing that, you put me first. That's all I'm wanting. That's all I want. And now if you want to be a wise investor, I'll teach you how to use the 90 good. I'll teach you how to live a stewardship lifestyle. See, Paul speaks of this in, in, to the Corinthians. When he spoke to the Corinthians, he talked about the church of Macedonia. And this is what he said. He, he kind of started off at first. He says, he says, they gave according to their ability. And then a short piece down, he wrote a little later. He said, no, they gave... They really gave more than they were able to give. Well, how do you give more than you're able? You can't give no more than you can give. And he goes a little further and explains it. He says, because they gave first themselves to the Lord. How do I give more? Because not only what I gave did I give it to you, but I gave it blessed. Because I am someone who's connected with God and I've given my whole life, whatever I give to, whatever I put my hands to, then it receives a blessing. Now that can become troublesome too. Was Jesus blessed? Yeah, how do you know? Because all them people, sick people, and everybody else come around wanting to touch him. And, oh, can I, get, can I get a little bit of that blessing off of you? Can I get a little bit of that blessing? Boy, you got blessing just oozing off of you. Don't we do the same thing? Well, now, Pastor Lot, you know, he, I'm telling you, Pastor Lot prays for you. Pastor Lot does. Well, what are you doing? Pastor Lot got that blessing oozing off of him. And if I could just get Pastor Lot to, to pray for me, if I could get, just get Pastor Lot to, to do. Now, there's, we're supposed to lay hands on people. We're not talking about that. But what I'm saying is, you already know I got nothing in my account. But boy, he's got, I'm telling you, that dude's loaded. God listens to him when he prays. When I pray, I don't think God hears anything I say. But I know Pastor Lot, and I'm going to get Pastor Lot to pray. Hey, Pastor Lot, would you go to the hospital and visit so-and-so for me? Well, who is so-and-so? Well, they're a friend of mine. I'll give you the room number. Well, have you prayed for him? No, I hadn't been up there yet. I, I just I hadn't been up there yet, but I told him I was, I was going to tell you. What's the problem? You know you ain't going up that room and pray for them. Why? You know ain't nothing happening. Nothing in my account. 
I can't withdraw anything. That's what these people were doing with Jesus. They, they were like trying to grab him and touch him. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me teach you how to have a good bank account where y'all don't have to keep living like this. You can pray for one another. You disciples that he's talking to, you can lay hands on these people. I mean, he would tell them things like that from time to time. There would be times where Jesus would be sitting there and, and, and there's 5,000 people that need to be fed and Jesus just look over and say something crazy like, you feed them. Lord, we, we ain't got enough in our account. Oh, you're looking at the wrong account. See, that's the problem. You, you figured it up in pennies. Well, it'd take 200 denarii to feed these people even one loaf of bread, and we ain't got enough to win. We'd have to work a whole year to make enough. I've never figured it in my head. It'd take a whole year for me to make just enough to do this. And Jesus said, I'll tell you how quick you can do it. You can tell them all to sit down, take two fish and five loaves of bread, break it into pieces, and start spreading it around. You have 12 baskets left over if your account is full enough. If you got a full account, you can ask whatsoever you will, and it might be given to you. No, it shall be. But it's got to be in your account. It's got to be in your account. I mean, I'm going to close with this as far as we get today. We, we may just do this for a while. Who knows? One of my favorite stories is the story of the guy carrying his son to McDonald's. And when he takes his son to McDonald's, he buys him some fries. And preacher years ago preached this and it was just a story that God showed him an illustration out of his life and I love it it's one of my favorites his son said I want some fries can I have large fries dad got him some large fries and you know they both got a drink or whatever and and they sat down at the table there at McDonald's and as soon as they did the father just like whoo them fries smell good and he reaches across to get one of the fries from his son and his son pushes his hand away. He's like, no, Dad, don't be touching my fries. Whoa. And his dad sat there and was trying to think. He's a minister and he's trying to like, okay, I want to just rank him up by the hair of his head. Teach him the hard way in this illustration, but I, I want to. And God really helped him at that moment. I'm glad because it gave us all good a story. He said, I looked over at my son. He said, I said, son, I said, where did those fries come from? They come from up at that counter. He said, son, think about it. Where did those fries come from? Who went to the counter? Who took their money, what he had, and gave it to you freely? Who was that person? That was you. That's me. Son, do you not understand that if I want to, I can go back up there and buy 12 more. I can tell them to go back in that deep freeze, keep making fries, and I'll pay for them. I can tell them to keep making fries until I can bury you in them. But that's not what I want. What I want more than anything else is for you simply to appreciate what I have given you. It's been one of the hardest lessons for me to keep in my mind 
all the time. Because as soon as something gets in our driveway, as soon as we start walking in it, as soon as we start paying for it, as soon as we all of a sudden in our brains, something clicks and it says, just like a child, that's mine. You who can't even make a hair grow on your head. You who can't promise me you can make it out of this room before your heart, which you don't make beat, decides to stop. You who make all these plans and all these designs, and yet you have no power. And here I am, I've given you all of this, and you won't even allow me to share in it. In our lives, when we're in the process of, of realizing this, we have to understand that this is what God is trying to teach us. He's trying to show us. He wants to develop a lifestyle of giving. These three things, give yourself to God. Number two, learn the benefits Learn the benefit. If I give, if I, if, I, if I give him a fry, and if I eat at the rest of them, and I say, Lord, I'm still hungry, well, let me go get you some more fries. Number three, learn to apply those principles to your life. Learn in your life how to apply the principles of, okay, God, it's yours. It's all yours. And I'm going to just trust you, and I'm going to live in this way. Let me see if I can show it in one illustration. Is it okay if I just take a couple more minutes? I promise it's, it's worth it. Let me see if I can show it to you in a, in a, in a way All right, that will make sense. All right. Stand up, Kenneth. Me and Kenneth are going to the restaurant. We walk up to the counter. He needs food. You have a need. I need to eat. So I walk up to the counter. Hey, they got a $5 meal. We tax. Okay. $5. You need $5? All right. You go, go pay your meal. So it's $5, dollar in tax. Okay. So go on up to the counter and pay your meal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, something happened. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Sheila, she needs, she needs a drink. So I want you to go give her $2. Now, now I want you to go pay for the meal. Huh? You ain't got enough? Huh. Well, I tell you what, since you did that, I'll just pay for it. And you won't owe me nothing. That's the process that God works every single day in your life. 
That's the process of giving. God gives you to you. And then he says, now take care of yourself. And in the process, what happens? Oh, Lord, I, somebody treated me wrong over here. I'm just going to treat them good. Something happened over here. I'm just going, I'm just going. Now I ain't got enough of me, God. Don't you worry. Mine never go begging for bread. I take care of mine even while you're taking care of everything. And that is the lifestyle of a steward. None of it's mine anyway. If I have need, I just simply, as I'm going, I always used to use that illustration, I just reach back for a dollar. Like, Pastor, it just don't work that way. Yes, it does. It does. It works just that way. I, I'm like, God, I, don't, I can't fix this. Well, have you been doing what you're... Yes, Lord, I've done all I know to do. Reach back. I'll make a way. I'll open a window. I'll, I'm, re, I'm responsible for you. But if you're going to say, I, I'm going to give it to you, and now you just go pay for your meal. All right, pay for your meal. Now, how much you owe me? I don't know how much you owe me. So now you owe me $6. Yeah. So now the rest of your life, you can walk around knowing you owe me. Now, how are you going to pay me back? I I don't need it. You buy my meal. You can't buy nothing from me. I own it all anyway. I own I own the restaurant. <laughs> what are you gonna get? Why are you gonna buy it for me for? I know it. So let's see. How would I? Well, I tell you what. I'll go to church, and I'll be trying to be good to people, bro. And that'll let you know I'm a good person, and hopefully that'll pay you back. See, instead of the lifestyle, they get into owing God. Later, you'll tell your kids, why do we got to go to church? Because we go to church. Because it's Sunday, and Sunday you go to church. Why? Because that person knows I owe God, and I don't know how to pay him back. And God's saying, I never wanted you to live owing me. I wanted you to live me owing you. And the only way for us to do that is not give to me, but to give to those through love, forgiveness, sometimes your lawnmower, sometimes something. But as you become a giver, then it opens me up to be able to say, whatever you have need of, I'll take care of it. Will you stand? Does that make sense? The world can't understand what I just said. The the world just can't grasp that. And maybe you're here this morning and you're part of that world and you're like, I just just can't. I don't see how being good to people. It's knowing that the Heavenly Father owns all of it. And since He owns it all, what He's given to me is not simply for me to have, it's simply a test of how I will be a steward over it. Now we'll cover more of this later over these next several weeks to get this understanding. We'll talk about how he owns it all. We'll talk about being poor versus being rich and what that looks like.
But this morning, I just wanted to lay the groundwork, the start of it. I didn't finish it, but I, I laid the groundwork. To understand that the lifestyle is what God's called you to. And when you read about these people in your books and stories of people in the past and people that like, man, God, they just did all. I'm going to tell you the one, one thing that they all have in common. They gave it all. I drive by all the time and I see Martin Luther King drive and Martin Luther King and what an incredible man he was. He even told the people around him while he was at the hotel that day, he said, I'm going to be dead soon. God had already, he never shot anybody, never cussed anybody out, never, he just served and loved. And now all over America, we put streets and interstates and Martin Luther King Drive and one man who was a preacher, just a, just a preacher, who made a stand in life. And God says, if you'll love those that don't love you. That's really what he did. We make it about his speeches. And we make it really all, all he did. He just loved those when they talked about him, when they laughed at him, when they cussed him, when they... When he walked arm in arm and he was just loving while others were hating. And which one outlived which? And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if it's your family, if it's where you work. It doesn't matter. The system is always the same. God will not allow you to outlive it. I've lived my whole life and I've learned I can't outgive him. The more I keep giving, the more he says, Tim, I just keep blessing you. I got more bathrooms to take care of now and more stuff and more people to chase around and more. I'm like, time out, God. God says, You keep pressing me. I'll bury you in fries, boy. I'll bury you in fries. you are today that's what your heavenly father wants he wants to meet your needs he wants to be the answer to whatever the problem is but you you have to decide if you're going to put anything in the bank account will you bow your heads father what an incredible service this morning prayer miracles I pray that what I've started saying this morning, what I'm trying to get across in their, in their spirit, that your Holy Spirit will make it clear. They'll go back and read Luke 6. This week and just read it. and Just, just put it in the Amplify. Put it in some version. They can understand it better. But God, just read it. And realize that's what God's called me to. And then he's made a promise that said, if you do this, listen to me, I will give to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will other people give into your life?